This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. One of the things that we want to talk about is something that has been in the media for the last couple of weeks, and that is the Pope. And we're going to listen to a video clip and just hear what's been taking place. It's Fox News contributor Raymond Arroyo. Scalfari claimed the Pope said, hell does not exist. We'll put it up on your screen. Yeah, what is it what exists is the disappearance of sinful souls. I won't go further because we're running out of time. Uh, there naturally. it is. Here it is. Everybody Hell does. Can you read the whole thing? There? Yeah. Well, there it is. Hell does not exist. What exists is the disappearance of sinful souls. They are not punished. Those who repent obtain the forgiveness of God and go among the ranks of the souls who contemplate Him. And, and that's it. Uh, those who those do not, not repent, therefore, cannot be forgiven. They disappear. Be gone. You have no power here. They disappear. Now. As you can imagine, all of Christendom was up in arms when this headline hit, Pope says hell does not exist. Why why are we doing that Good Friday thing? Well, this is the second time Scalfari has said the Pope claims hell doesn't exist. Isn't the whole point of the resurrection because you want to avoid going to hell? Right, that Jesus died for sins and to keep people from going to hell. The Vatican quickly issued a retraction. This has made the news on so many networks because... You would think that this really just has to do with the Roman Catholic Church, but it seems to have extended into so many other areas because the importance of the subject. And I think that's one of the things today, Mark, as we are moving forward in our conversation, what should this really provoke us to think? Yeah, the uh, the whole conversation about uh, heaven and hell and, and religion and its... its uh, impact upon culture and thinking um, really almost strikes us uh, in in an unusual way while there's kind of a a strong push away from religion uh, kind of weighing into the secular conversation this is right out at the forefront it's it's brought it massively to the front and and that gives us great opportunity for conversations Um, and of course, you're you're hearing, you know, the Pope said this. He didn't really say that. He was he was trying to communicate this. He was misquoted or misrepresented. That may always be hard to sort through. Um, but what we do know for sure is there was conversation about hell and whether or not it's real and whether or not it exists, and that at least causes us to stop and hopefully it would cause your coworkers to stop and think about what do you think about that does does hell exist what do you think about the pope saying that or that creates that conversation and causes us to think and ponder the reality of hell and maybe for conversations to happen with others who are now it's on their mind because they're hearing it on newsfeed yeah it's a It's so intriguing to consider the idea of what is the afterlife? What is going to happen after I die? Is there a heaven? Is there hell? And we all cling to the fact that there's this heaven. I mean, it sounds good and everybody's going to be happy. And But what about this thing that's called hell? Is there punishment for our actions? Is there judgment? Yeah. 
And I think that this gives a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel message with others. Yeah. The idea of euphoria is is hard to miss. And, and really that speaks to God's put a heaven heavenward, if I can use that word, desire in us. Like there's a longing that we would be where God is. We may be trying to get there wrongly. He's given us a way through Jesus Christ. But it's interesting that everybody, no one goes, well, we're all destined for hell. You know, and right. no, we long for heaven and want to reject the other side. And so just the longing that exists there speaks to the fact that God placed that longing there and it can only be fulfilled when the gospel takes root and a person trusts in Jesus Christ. But the denial of the fact that there's there's no hell, there's no judgment, there's no punishment also speaks to the other part of our nature, the sinful nature that doesn't want to be held accountable at all for our actions or sinfulness. So we work to sin isn't sin, it's a it's a mistake or it's a disorder or it's the consequence of negative things that have happened to me and I shouldn't be held accountable for those because somebody else did that. I'm just responding to these negative influences and we, we push further and further away from accountability for our own sinfulness. Yeah, and you know, so many people now question whether or not hell exists. And so if hell doesn't exist, then they don't have to pay for any of their actions or attitudes in life. There's no debt to be paid. And we have this word heaven that we can describe this afterlife with. And I I think that that's what hell is for. It's it's used to describe. Sometimes people get caught up in the details and say, well, hell must not exist because, you know, in the New Testament, you have these descriptions. Well, it's of burning fire and then it's of darkness. But we shouldn't get caught up in the details of that idea. But instead, we ought to take a step back and say, wait a second. I don't think it's as much about that it is as it is a descriptive word about there is some eternal punishment that's yeah. going to take place if we don't have this time where we repent of our sin and tr- place our trust in Christ. Yeah, and it's it's describing, you know, you kind of shared some of the variations of the descriptions, but what it is saying is it's 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 a real thing and it's conscious existence. It's, it's not the end of existence. It's not annihilationism, which maybe is really what the Pope was getting at, that uh, those that contemplate God faithfully on this earth get to experience heaven and everybody else kind of goes into non-existence. That's annihilationism. But the Bible describes a consciousness about hell and about judgment, the realization of being separated from God forever, and that um, what words would you use to describe that? So there's good darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth and burning fire. Those are, again, just ways to describe that consciousness and, and that time, and we don't have to know or understand the details of it. And, and really, heaven's the same way. We have ideas about what heaven is, but we shouldn't be so caught up in the details that, you know, we're trying to figure out: are the streets real gold? Are they are they a gold light substance? Are they gold colored? Yeah. Or that 
That's we right. don't need to get caught up in that detail. It, it, it's descriptive of something real, of substantive. It, it's in the presence of God. And so um, sometimes because we can't get to the depth of the detail, then we begin to go, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, and of course we have this challenge too because we know that Rob Bell came out with a book, Love Wins, you know, a few years back. And this has advanced the argument forward that there is no hell. Right. And this is going to be a problem because we can't move the boundaries of Scripture. I mean, when you look in Matthew 25, when you look in Mark 9, you can see these descriptives of hell. Yeah. And so we can't just rip those out of the Bible and begin to move the boundary lines because then we find ourselves just like in the book of Hosea when you look at chapter 4 because Hosea they're caught up in idolatry and the the Israelites themselves. Mm -hmm. And Hosea is proclaiming, Hey, listen, the Assyrian empire is, is coming in. And uh, it it, it states in chapter four that, that my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. They had moved the boundary lines of God so much that they weren't even worshiping Yahweh anymore, but they were, creating their own idols. In fact, it speaks of that as well in in chapter 4. And my concern for the next generation and for the generation that we're in and the generations to come is that we're moving so far away from going back to God's Word Mm -hmm. and being a Berean and saying, okay, I know this book came out, or I know this Pope said this, or I know this man said this, Mm -hmm. but is it true? Yeah. And I need to be a Berean and go back to the scriptures and look and see, is that true? Yeah. And it's interesting because it it uses the word knowledge. And of course, we we think the beginning of all knowledge is the fear of the Lord uh, and, and that he's revealed truth to us in this written record, the Bible. But we we believe that we can generate our own knowledge. We we believe that um, as humans, not you and I believe this. Right. Human beings believe this, right? That we can generate our own knowledge, or that uh, we can we can have truth flow out of what we think or we feel about life. So it feels better to me. Like the fact that my loved ones that don't know Christ will die on this earth and just disappear from existence and not suffer is appealing to me. So that feels good to me. Therefore, I'll accept that as truth because it scratches my feelings. I I read what the scripture says and it tells me something different. That doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. And so then what am I going to do? And that's what you're talking about. Am I going to move the boundary line away from where God said it and move it over to where I like it? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to adjust to the boundary line that's there and go, okay, so my relatives, it feels better that they would die and disappear and not suffer. But the scripture says they will. Therefore, now I'm responsible as a Christian. I need to make them aware, right? And then I have to bear that responsibility of needing to share the gospel with them. And I don't like that feeling. And so I, I think that's the challenge. It goes back to that whole concept of, Where's knowledge coming from? And I'm going to accept it from where it comes from. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And even in Hosea and in so many passages, we just happen to be referring to this chapter four here today, but you know, it speaks of the priest and how the priest is even it seemingly to to lead them astray that he is moving the ancient boundary mark mm-hmm. jeremiah said stand in the good way right yeah. ask where the good way is and stand in it and it's as if we don't want to conform to god's word but we want to receive all the grace that god's word gives us yeah. well I, I definitely want to do that as well but at the same time, there's a there is a huge responsibility in what Jesus said. Go and make disciples, teaching them to observe and obey all that I have commanded. And what is it that He's commanded? Well, Jesus Himself refers back to these places. He Himself refers to hell, yeah. and He said, "You know, repent, for the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom yeah. of God is near." Yeah. So. We should be taking up our cross, denying ourselves and what we want, and following Him. Yeah, yeah, and and following Him to to make those disciples and to share the gospel with those that haven't heard and don't know. And again, there's no reason to do that task. Like, what's the call of Jesus for us to share the gospel, the good news of His death, burial, and resurrection, if if there's no counter? If there's no downside to not believing, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I guess I guess you could say, well, the downside is is they don't get to experience what heaven is. But if you don't exist, you're not missing out on anything, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I, uh, people that live in Guatemala don't realize what places we've been there don't realize things they're missing out on by what I have here. So they don't they're not sitting around going, oh, but. You know, we don't get to go to the mall every yeah. weekend and buy a new pair of shoes or eat Chick-fil-A. Or, and I, well, that's bad for us. They're not even thinking about that, right? Right. Because they don't know. So if you're non-existent, you're not missing out on anything. And so it, it just really presses home, I think, for us to consider the afterlife. What do you really believe at the personal level about the afterlife? Is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? And if there is, don't we have responsibility Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the the question, what will you do with Christ? What will you do with this man called Christ? Mm-hmm. Will you follow him and share him with others? Because in my mind, and I thought about this a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine I was going to have a conversation with, and all I could see were chains bounding the hands and feet and the the judgment of Christ Mm -hmm. and it just crushed me Mm -hmm. and I I, I wonder do we really see people in this place I mean somebody was willing to share the gospel with me specifically my oldest brother Mark but somebody somebody took the time and you know what is so funny is that when he shared the gospel with me I, I was a young kid and that's what he shared with me I he shared with me Christ and what the eternal punishment would be without him mm-hmm. and just the ability to be able to see God opening my eyes to be able to see yeah. what life would be like with him. And so repentance took place and a following of him. But I wonder, do we really see people lost? Yeah. Uh, I, I think we don't want to. That's why, you know, what the, 
the reported saying from the Pope was is comfortable for so many people. We, we don't want to face that reality. We don't want to be confronted with what the afterlife really is. So we will drift towards the concept of annihilationism or that there's no hell, that ultimately everybody will somehow end up in heaven, that God will make a way. Um, and, and that's probably really the most appealing thing is just, well, there's, there's, no, there's no hell or if there is a hell, God is so good that he, he slowly makes a way for people to go there. And that lets us off the hook, and that makes us feel better. But you come down to the point where we, we said, and the Scripture's really clear, there's a real heaven, there's a real hell, there's a responsibility to make disciples and share the good news. And so I hope the church will see these kinds of conversations as, as a starter, a starting point that to see where people are in their thinking and their heart and to not let those conversations slip away but to take advantage of them and talk about the afterlife and talk about Jesus and what he's done. That's that's our hope for you. Uh, thank you for listening. De- Deanna, thank you for leading our conversation today. And uh, God bless.